Thanks for downloading this week's podcast. Uh, this week I'm joined by director of the High Pay Centre, Luke Hilliard, and founder of Westminster Digital, Craig Dillon. We discuss the coronavirus, of course. We also speak to Colonel Bob Stewart, uh, MP for Beckenham. I ask him his views on Priti Patel and, of course, the coronavirus. We talk about Rishi Shunak and the budget. We're also joined on the line by Dr Tony O'Sullivan, co-chair of Keep Our NHS Public, and he makes a very valid point of the tens of thousands of employees who are on zero hours contracts. Are they also going to may have to make the choice of health versus wealth in terms of the coronavirus? And I'm joined at the final hour of the show by Greg Beaumont. He's the Director of External Affairs and Advocacy for the Federation of Small Business. And we talk about the coronavirus, how it affects small business, the budget and how it affects small business. And of course, a little bit of Brexit. Enjoy the show. We saw the numbers jump uh, drastically uh, yesterday. As it stands, as of the 14th of March, uh, the people tested in the UK are 37,746. Um, confirmed cases, just over 1,000, 1,140. And, um, of course, there have been the death, death increases. We're, we're now at 207 deaths. And, of course, that number is, well unfortunately rising by the day um people are trying to compare us with italy saying well we are only uh, uh x amount of weeks behind italy do you think ian that's a fair comparison i, I I have a feeling that the virus will behave differently in different countries based due to social structure, culture even. Is it fair to say, well, uh, that's happened to Italy uh, in four weeks' time and we're four weeks behind, this is going to happen to us? Yeah, I think that's very difficult to say and I think that's kind of informing uh, why the UK government is taking uh, what appears so far to be quite a different um, approach. Look, I mean, you can certainly see people are now asking questions of Chinese clinicians. They're asking questions actually of Italian clinicians mm -hmm. um, and um, epidemiologists, virologists as to what's been going on there. But I think you're right, Alexis, um, each country is different. That said, um, one of the things that I think should be going on right now is a far more coordinated global response to all of this. I mean, it is literally, it is going around the world. Mm. Um, and I do think that there is a danger in putting up walls and putting up barriers. And I think, um, you know, part of the reason why we're in a really quite a um, confused and anxious uh, place right now, and I, I think we are in a, um, an anxious place right now um, as a nation and, and more broadly, is when you get, you know, President Trump um, in the middle of last week, you know, um, sort of almost throwing uh, fuel on the fire of this, um, talking off script, not necessarily talking around the science. We do have to go with the science. That's where I do agree with the government. But we need to keep people safe too. And I feel... Because I started off when I looked at uh, coronavirus of... I don't know whether I was complacent, but I never expected things to change and the advice to change so quickly and so dramatically. And when I... 
uh, read that we're sort of two to three weeks behind where Italy is. And a lot of the Sunday papers today, they have spoken to their correspondents in Italy and got that colour. And it is not, it's it's not pretty. Gloria, you had a great point of, of, you know, this idea of, oh, don't call 111, go on the website. But who's not going to be able to get on the Pensioners. website? Pensioners. Yeah. I'm a dad out online. But the poorest pension as well. As well. So actually, um, uh, I think we need to make provision for that. How else are they going to get advice? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem... Uh, the people it, it who are seem, most at risk it, are least likely to, to be able to follow the advice that... It does seem insane to actually say, well, we did tell people not to call 111. And I mean, I went on there just to have a look at what the, how the site is, is doing or the questionnaire... And at the end of it all, it said, you know, if you need further help, call 111. I'm worried about sort of our older people being really stubborn, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, I'm so flipping worried about the loneliness and the effect on your mental health when older people are being told you may have to quarantine for up to four months. Because for the last few years, we've finally, you know, there's even a government minister for loneliness now, we finally got to grips with how dangerous um, loneliness is for our older people. And it's always, it's all been about, oh, you know, Gladys, who lives up the road, you know, she lives on her own, make sure she's all right, go pop round, does she need a shopping doing? And suddenly, our fictional Gladys, it's like, stay away from Gladys. Mm. And it worries me. Uh, there was, uh, I was listening in, uh, I can't remember exactly what show it was, but there, there was a listener saying that, you know, uh, even the impact of every single uh, news bulletin being, you know, people over the age of 70, uh, lots of them are going to die. And she's like, I'm over 70. Do you know what it feels like? Yeah. That every, on, on the half hour and every top of the hour to be basically be told that you are quite likely to die. I know that your former boss, uh, uh, Ed Miliband, who you served under in the shadow mm. cabinet, mm-hmm. uh, he is part of a, uh, a, a panel, a committee, who are doing a sort of what went wrong in the last general election. And we've had a former guest of the show here, he's been here a few times, James Meadway, who's been part of that committee as well. But that's not even going to be published before the whole thing ends. So this you know, whole... I really worry that my... Um, I'm still a Labour Party member, but my colleagues in Parliament or senior figures in the Labour Party have still not grasped what happened on December the 12th. I've, I've seen some of... Uh, you know, bumped into some people who are still in Parliament and I look in their eyes. I don't think they've grasped it. I mean, there's further to fall. What happened on December the 12th was near death and there was a there's another about 30 seats actually which you know just held on majorities mm. of less than a, you know a couple of thousand would be called marginal so i hope that the labor party there's going to be a result on the 4th of april they're not having their big sort of conference the rosmatals because and, of coronavirus. and important to say that all the remaining hustings as of last yeah, week have indeed. been cancelled indeed some people have even said that the contest should be completely cancelled but i think that's because they don't those people who are arguing that don't want kids but, but isn't isn't but hang on wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> isn't this isn't this um seriously like the debate um that uh, 
you know, the, the football authorities are having. I mean, just give it to Liverpool. And I say that as an Arsenal supporter. But, I mean... It's Don't gonna, bamboozle me with football, Ian. It's going <laughs> to be Keir, isn't it? It's Keir, Keir or Keir. Well, remember, you know, for those of us who were around in 2007 and 2008 and we saw Alastair Darling and mm. Gordon Brown standing Downing Street talk about something that we had never, ever seen for our banking sector before. I mean, you know, what was what was the argument at that point? That the banking sector, whether well, you liked it or loathed it, was the kind of... Um, uh, the, the artery that keeps the economy moving. Look, most businesses have a bank loan. Most businesses need to use an overdraft, uh, dip in and out of that overdraft most of the time. Um, you know, we've already seen an intervention from the banks uh, this week, but, you know, there is a there is a concern about how people are going to be able to pay bills, as, as I say, large or small businesses. And I think the government, uh, Treasury in particular, will be looking at further interventions. And I think we're going to see stuff that we've never seen mm, before. Because uh, when you think about the effects of that crash and what the government did it ensured that people did not lose their homes and in the main it ensured that people did not lose their jobs wages went That's into right. free fall yes but i would like to hear a government minister say reassuring people who uh, about how if, if you lose your job you how else are you are you going to keep your, your your home and deferring a mortgage it's not going to help if you can't get another job no, so I, it's going to have to be pretty big stuff and the mm. most fundamental thing is keeping you know, keeping jobs going, yeah? And now that really will be what the government is, is thinking about because if, you know, if, if we're going to see a significant uptake in, in, in unemployment, this makes everything very difficult. Absolutely. So I, I've got no doubt the government will be thinking right now about how to intervene in a way mm. that keeps the economy moving. What, what is it? I mean, look, I mean, on any of the numbers, any of the numbers, he's going to win by mm. a landslide. So just just stop it and anoint him leader. But why has it... Why has it happened? Why Why has Labour... It's a really interesting question to pose. Why has Labour gone towards Keir? I think there are prejudices about what political leaders look like and ours have always looked like men. I think we're way behind... Because you can see in, um, in, in New Zealand... For, for example, I mean, there, there are women, they're just not in the Labour Party. But, you know, Harriet Harman, who was a great inspiration to me, but she told me about her battle with women on a shortlist mm -hmm. in terms of selecting uh, parliamentary candidates. And she said, we didn't sort of start with women on a shortlist. We said to local parties, you've got to have a woman on the ballot paper to choose when you're choosing your MP. And she said, if there was one man on that ballot paper, they all, even if it was like mostly women, the, the parliamentary selection shortlist. They would vote for the men. They would always, that's how we got to women only. There was nothing else. Maybe we're going to have to have women only shortlist for the leadership of but, the Labour okay. Party. Okay, <laughs> now listen, I, I, I'd, like to, I, I'd like to get more stories out there about uh, uh, how uh, communities are coming together. Um, helping yeah. uh, helping others. There was this wonderful uh, footage uh, from Italy where people were, uh, you know, yeah. self-isolating in, in their homes, but all coming out of their balconies, uh, singing together, playing music. Uh, some person was playing the guitar, another person was playing the accordion. They're all sort of shouting at each other and communicating from, you know, across the street uh, with the balconies. And I think we're going to see more of that. I, I know um, there was a local shop 
in northwest London. They put leaflets through everybody's uh, doors, just saying, this is who we are. Um, here's a form. And he had sort of basic things like, uh, you know, milk, bread, uh, soap, uh, toilet paper, pasta, you know, canned goods. Uh, and, and you could tick the box a little bit like sort of a, a, a breakfast uh, hotel, in-hotel breakfast, you know, to put it outside your door. And you would leave the sheet outside your door. They would collect it and deliver uh, things to you so if you're self-isolating. What happens to the massive gig economy that we have in this country? We've got record unemployment, which is wonderful, but we've got record in-work poverty. And we've got an enormous amount of people on zero-hours contracts, on gig economies, self-employed people. There's no company that officially employs them. So what happens to those people? I have no idea. And that's the <laughs> real, real problem. Uh, what we've heard from the government is that yeah. welfare spending or welfare uh, or access to welfare and to universal credit will be speeded up or whatever. But we all know how long that takes. Mm. So this doesn't happen immediately. Uh, so they will be very, very seriously affected. And, and uh, I think after all this crisis is over, assuming it is, uh, we're going to have to rethink very seriously the structure of this economy and whether sort of making so many people um, completely dependent on just how the economy is doing, but rather with no guarantee or of protection, no protection, yeah. no guarantees mm. of holiday pay, what have you. Of course, there's been already quite a big push to ensure that uh, quite a lot of firms have to treat them like they are employees. So for some of them, there will be some protection because the government has been pushing, at least that's a good thing, it's been pushing uh, for firms to, but on some criteria, to consider their people as being properly employed mm -hmm. rather than being self-employed. So they may get something, but frankly, if some of these firms then go bust, um, yeah, you are still allowed to make people redundant, and they will. If you have to go to work to get paid, I don't, I don't think you're going to take it off. And I think that is going to well, be the big failure. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? It's the, it's the wealth, government strategy. wealth versus health and, and question. Isn't it terrible that people are having to make those choices? So the government can stand up and ministers can do as many TV rounds, um, media rounds as they want. You know, if you need to eat and you need to feed your kids, that always comes first. It's going to take and so they're going to have to, they're, they're going to have to get on top of making sure that people don't have to make that choice. Because um, at the moment, some of the new uh, measures that are being announced, not uh, taking, not put into action, but will be put into action in the future, are things like if if one person in your household is self-isolating, mm. that they want the entire household mm. uh, to self-isolate. So again, you know, if, if you need two people, uh, working people in that family to make ends meet, now you're saying that nobody can go to work. I, I just—it just sounds don't... like one of those things yeah. that are written in Whitehall. Do you know what I mean? In your, in, 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 in your, on your desk by a civil servant in Whitehall, which sounds well. That's sensible. Obviously, if one person's got it, nobody else can go to work. But it's not practical. You got to eat. Uh, let's take a caller. Uh, Daniel has called from uh, Epsom. Daniel, welcome to the show. What would you like to say? How you doing, Alexis? I've, I've tweeted you a couple of times because I'm trying to get something out there. I'm not just going to sit here as a British man and accept that we're all going to get this virus. So I think it's about time we fought back. Okay. What, what me and another pal of mine have been doing in our locale is going out there. If the government wants us to delay it, what we're, what we're doing is any communicable surface. We know that this virus is spread mainly through touch. So I've been going to mainline train stations, ATM cash machines, chip and pin machines, and I've been cleaning them with bleach. And then wiping wow. it away after. Yeah, and then wiping it away after. 
I think if a small percentage of this population, I've actually tweeted you, mate. If a small percentage of this population follow our lead, we can delay it. In, we can delay it for a very long time. Uh, well, it's important to say. Look, I, I think being proactive and, and and taking action is is commendable. And I saw someone bizarrely enough. I had to travel from Waterloo, and they were doing exactly that. Uh, there was a person there washing down all the screens every five minutes because you're absolutely right. It does spread by contact. Problem is, it doesn't just spread by contact alone. No, no, yeah, but Alexis, what are we talking about here? We're talking about. Delaying it. Yeah, exactly. It, every, I, I, I think you're right, Daniel. Every, every little helps. Um, but, yeah, but what, what, what I'm calling for, Alexis, listen, you've got to let me get it out, Alexis. It's really important. It's more than just this show or our conversation. What we're calling for, I'm, I've tweeted you already. If you can find it, retweet it. It's really, what I want people to do is start a new internet challenge where you video yourself cleaning the local station or the local ATM and people encourage people to get them up online and share them, right? Or and like the ice bucket challenge. So, so Exactly like that. Because there you what's going to happen is, right, the government just give us a framework in which to live. We're not baby birds in the nest squawking for worms. I'm, I'm, I'm the British man and sometimes when, when we face adversity, we fight back. And that's exactly what the British people need to do. And that's what I'm going to... I've started. A, a friend of mine does South Norwood. I do Epsom and you all around it. I think we all need to get involved and clean easily communicable surfaces with bleach. Wipe it away after, but ATMs, cash machines, uh, your ticket, your ticket uh, machine at the, at the station, ship and pin. If we clean them and we keep them clean regularly, we can help the government to delay and stifle this illness. You can play a part. One person has a lot of power. Join us. Do you uh, think that uh, more and more people are going to be taking action in their own hands, or do you think that most people will just sit quietly and do what the government is telling them to do? No, the government just give us a framework of how to live, right? It's up to us. Now, unfortunately, you couldn't, you couldn't plan for this, right? It's unprecedented. A brand-new virus created in China spreading worldwide. Now, it's, it's, it's now for sure that virtually most of the population are going to get it. The government have told us so much as that, but they want to delay and stymie and stifle the illness. Now, everyone listening, not if you're old, but wear gloves, mm-hmm. uh, use the, the, the correct disinfectant or bleach to kill viruses and bacteria, and go out there and play your part. Upload your video like I've done. I've, I've tweeted you, actually, twice. So, you know, to share them around so it becomes a thing and we can help our country. There are other countries, I guess, I'm not happy as a British man to sit here and just wait for us all to get it. Let's fight back. And we've got the tools to do it. Each individual can have a lot of power and a lot of sway. I'm just saying to the British people out there, fight back, video yourself, cleaning all the local services, and upload them. Let's share them. And let's actually make a difference and help Boris and his government delay this uh, disease. Thanks for downloading the show. You Remember, you can listen to Talk Politics Live every Sunday at 10am.